With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Submarine engine in my front yard, 
and uh, I bought it in the Navy, <laughs> and it had to do with like the submarine that was red October. But uh, I called them. I didn't get my money back, unfortunately, but I turned myself in because when I bought the crate, like you buy at the Navy surplus, but these were bids. You go in in the Navy in Hawaii and bid. Uh, I bid on this big crate, and when I opened it up, I, like, started reading on it, and I called because I was – in personnel and information security in the United States Navy. <laughs> and I went around buying things uh, with my husband so we could resell them at the <laughs> Aloha Stadium. So I find life very synchronistic, and I love uh, working with synergy and words. And this guy, Tom Schaefer, I actually called him a few years ago which I find very synchronistic, to work with me on the ACO International that we were trying to set up as a think tank, but we had only gotten to the domestic level, and that was, uh, I was told, just to work North America, uh, South America, and Canada. I guess that was several years ago, and some friends of ours that were writing books, and uh, we got into the spiritual science uh, avenue with people, on the internet in cyberspace reality and we made a social media cyberspace culture for a think tank or two and he happened to be one of those highbrow uh, brainiacs in computers not only that he was a well-known photographer with his own business and uh, lo and behold when I called him uh, based on the fact that one of our other members in the ACO club ACO association with me and Janet and uh, Thomas Hawks uh, Blood and Thomas, uh, Thomas R. Becker. I get all my Toms mixed up. And I was married to Tom Morris. We were all in this life society where we did ancient astronaut and we did history for the Smithsonian. And I did bluegrass music and I was a singer songwriter. But Tom apparently plays music, guitar, and he is highly skilled in computers language so he knew one of our think tankers and helped them get a couple of shows going and that was all I knew about him when I called him back coming together after COVID-19 and uh, my co-host Richard T. Knight has a highly skilled uh, level in uh, he's a thinker too he was in our think tank uh, two or three years on LinkedIn as a business professional and he liked Uh, working with intelligent people and was drawn again to me by my red pyramid. So I thought, oh, well, this is good because he'll like working with Marta Thomas and I in the global pyramid conference that we did with those internationally and sacred sites in Bosnia. Now, Tom was all part of this, whether he knew of this or not. All he knew was he provided assistance. So we're going to find out exactly how much he really did know today in a sort of – disclosure for all like an Oprah Winfrey show but we don't have her uh, popularity or her money so Richard T. Knight tell us about who you are and what you do and how you know Tom Schaefer well um, I am a semi-retired civil criminal investigator Um, I'm also uh, very 
involved in metaphysics and into the spiritual realm and the spiritual community. Um, I have died and come back, and so I know what goes on in reality in comparison to what we face on a day-to-day situational thing. Um, I have just become recently acquainted with Tom. He is, like you said, a very highly skilled photographer, um, and he uh, runs his own business, and he also is reaching out to lots of people in regards to uh, free cosmos people. Dot com, and uh, so we brought him on today basically to find out what his origins are and what, what his story is and, and where he's coming from. Thank you, uh, Richard. Now, we uh, do have a little bit here on what uh, I could gather, and uh, I got his bio late. Apparently, he's been so busy helping other people that he's not really cared about his uh, own business personality file, like many that do, uh, I don't know, social media, repost things all the time, and sort of Facebook, uh, Pinterest, and all these Instagrams. But what I've got here, uh, I know that he likes to be called Tom, because I've had so many Toms in my life, and Tommies. If I call him Tommy, please forgive me. Now, I've got, he decided to become a photographer, videographer, business consultant, and works with us now as a founder of his not-for-profit. Now, these are little uh, bolt statements. We call them bullet statements. It says, we hold that every human being from planet Earth is a free person of the cosmos with equal viability as a sentient being with all other positive sentient beings. Each is worthy of love and every positive right, rights inherent and irrevocable by any state, government, corporate entity are another species outside the planet Earth. Our highest authority is ourself under the infinite intelligence. We promote total personal freedom that respects all other humans and sentient beings. We embrace reason, science, logic, and love. We reject negative energy that seeks to destroy the rights and existence of humanity, which include negative governments and our states, corporate entities, and our non-Earth entities that seek to enslave mankind. We are free persons of the universe, the cosmos, Anything less diminishes us as a species. We strive for the highest truths possible towards the upward evolution of the human race and advancing human consciousness. Now, uh, I'll put on here Tommy, which should be Tom, (laughs) has been sharing information in our ACO club since we began April 5th, 2018 and American Communications Online Broadcast Media News Publishing. Now, the reason I said that was he was assisting in some other radio shows that we were affiliates with, with Aggie Nost, the author in our Authors Club organization as ACO. We also market and promote around the world, and we have all kind of different companies call me to put their authors on our radio shows, myself in Aquarian Radio with Janet Carolussen. But, Richard and I are very curious because we wanted him to help us with our graphic design on our (laughs) books and websites. And 
uh, when I called him, by the time I got off the phone, I was sitting here going, huh, I thought I called him to work with me and what I needed, and uh, somehow he turned that around that I'm going on his show. <laughs> so I called him back, or he called me, no, he called me back on that Monday, I think, to set up and reschedule the show with him, and by the by, I said, well, you know what? By the time I got off the phone with you, I realized I called you about helping me with some graphic design and my website and, you know, on my YouTubes because I've got my own YouTube videos. Well, he's got his own YouTube show, and he's got over 10,000 listeners. So, you know, he had asked me to come on his, but he didn't tell me. I really don't even really know what I'm going to be on yet. So this, uh, I was able to say, well, what? He said, well, just like a free Cosmos. So I did, and he had some brilliant uh, ideas on his own graphic design and his own uh, creations, co-creating with other people. And I watched a couple that were pretty good. I haven't had watched all of them yet, so I invite you to Free Cosmos, F-R-E-E-C-O-S-M-O-S, Free Cosmos. And hopefully he's going to share his book. Uh, we may be helping him because I have T.J. Mars Publishing and an imprint timely matter books and that's always what i did to help people is get their books out there get them speaking at events and get them on radio so now he sort of knows what i do because he didn't even really know so now without further ado the famous thomas schaefer and we'll find out if he has a middle name i'm sure he's excited about getting to talk all about himself today and his creations if i can just hit this button I need help. Help. Hold on. I'm trying to get his button on. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. It doesn't show you're on. Great. Thank you. It's you're still blue on my computer. But you're red. Okay, good. Can you hear me? I hear you. I heard the 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 intro and all of that. It's uh, fascinating. So um Welcome where do you want to start? I want you to start. We're gonna do your story of origin. And so, first of all, we want to know how you became a carbon-based unit, a, an ascension being, as far as uh, being a humanoid, sentient, intelligent being, because I've never met you. So, uh, on Earth, we've never had a real discussion. Uh, I've gotten your uh, artwork. It's beautiful for your book. But in the meantime, since I mostly do radio shows, videos, and books, and I know that it was very impressive that I was Navy and you were Navy. So uh, in Google, what we do with all the people on the earth is we start with their story of origin. And Google will have you start, and they'll bring their people on and say, give us your story of origin during the event. So so give us your uh, talk on your story of origin. Where were you born, and uh, you know where did you go to school? And uh, what interested you in all the way up to the present on um, how you got on this radio show? <laughs> We're okay, listening. well, I... Um, I'm going to do Okay, okay you, you can hear me okay. Okay, good. Yep. Well, the thing is, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and I was... Um, that was back uh, before 1960, I'll put it that way. Um, and I grew up out in St. Louis County, but my the people that adopted me and my twin brother had moved out to New Mexico for a while, so we traveled a little bit, but ultimately wound up back in 
the suburbs of St. Louis, and I went to high school out in a little town called Eureka, not to be confused with Eureka, California, with a town called Eureka, Missouri, um, which is now kind of like it was rural back then. Now it's just part of suburbia out in that part of the uh, what they call the county, St. Louis County. Anyway, so I grew up there, and then uh, shortly after high school, right out of high school, I joined the Navy, and through just kind of a, a series of moments that uh, I found out I could make about $80 more a month volunteering for submarines, which was very appealing to me because I'd always been science fiction, and uh, while I had never had the vision to be a pilot or the just I, being a pilot was never going to be me, but the idea of a submarine was very cool science fiction-wise in my mind because it's an ideal uh, enclosed environment uh, that uh, is similar to space travel, but it's in reverse. You you can't see outside, and you you just have to trust your instrumentation. Whereas in space, at least you can look out the windows and see space. So it's a little bit different, but it is an interesting uh, space spacecraft-like environment uh, to live on a submarine for any length of time. So it, uh, there is that aspect to it. So that was interesting to me, but after I got out of the Navy, I really didn't want to do the kind of work I was doing in the Navy. So I got into photography and was mentored by a studio photographer. And um, shortly thereafter, uh, I wound up getting married, and then I went to uh, uh, tech school for computers and got into IT. Uh, and then uh, I guess since about 2000, I've been doing a lot of freelance uh, web development, web design, that kind of thing. And then I got around 2005, got back into photography. I really missed it for a long time. And through that, uh, photography into videography and still doing a lot of web development, that kind of stuff. So that's what I've been doing. And then along came live streaming. And around 2013, I got this inspiration for the science fiction novel. I was kind of annoyed that a lot of the science fiction that I'd seen uh, didn't, I was like, come on, you guys can do better. And so I challenged myself to write a book. And then as I began to meditate on what the book would be and how it would tie into kind of a corresponding theme I had going on, I was getting this interest in ufology. And I began doing some producer work for uh, a radio station or a radio show out of California. And so I was being exposed to a lot of the big names and a lot of the books and a lot of the talk and everything else in a way that I hadn't just on my own. And so it really, I was being drawn into the entire world of it. And by the time I wrote the book I wrote, it was a science fiction novel. That's the best I could interpret at the time as to what I had received in my mind as far as inspiration. You know, the, this thought comes to you about a story, but the story became better in my mind than I was able to really put on paper. I've never really been a fan of my own work because I see a lot of errors. It's like it could have been a little more better honed in this area or that and ultimately came to the conclusion that the, it was good to do the exercise, but we've moved in a society towards motion pictures, towards videos. And so what I really want to do is take that story and add, adapt it to a screenplay and put it out there that way. It would be much better. It would, it's This is such a... The book, if you want to take a look at the book, I give it away. You can take a look at the book on Amazon if you like. Um, that doesn't bother me. I'm not interested in selling them anymore. It doesn't, I know that it needs to be kind of honed up and re reissued is what it needs. It needs a whole new uh, rework. Because some of the stuff, the material in there is out of date now. There's technologies that have evolved, 
and things have been shown to me that uh, I could be putting in that book that would be uh, make it much better. So I want to move in that direction with that. But it always, um, I always considered it just to be inspiration. I didn't see it as what some people were telling me was a download. This is a download that uh, you got from ETs, and this is more than just a story. It's got some back to it. Well, I'll never be able to prove that until they show up because the story is about an ET intervention. And ET interventions, some people say, well, that'll never happen because of their own adherence to um, cosmic laws. And I say, well, okay, fine. If it's a message, then what's the message? Is it an allegory? Is it a parable? What is it? I'm not going to... I'm not going to nail it down to any one thing. I just put it out there, and if it inspires people to uh, move in a, in, a, in a better direction with our planet, then that's my goal. To expose people to what we could be moving towards is what I call reaching for utopia. And reaching for utopia is that same, we should be going in the same direction towards utopia that we are currently going towards dystopia. Because we have a lot of people engaged in a lot of negative behavior in a hive mind sense. There are a lot of negative video games out there or negative uh, uh, types of media and entertainment that people are engaging in that's stimulating the mind that I believe is actually working in line with the laws of attraction, that those people are helping to reap a lot of the, uh, the turmoil we have on the planet. I can't prove it and I can't say that you know, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying that this could be part of the problem that we have, um, the power of imagination and the power of laws of attraction uh, that, that people talk about, that it works whether we believe it or not. And so where is this planet putting its mind as a collective? That's what I'm thinking. If our collective hive mind is going negative, then we need help. In spite of all of the religions and all of the philosophies that we've had throughout countless eons, on this planet, where are we at? That's my big question. So that's where I'm at today, Teresa. Did that make sense? Yes, thank you for that. And yes, uh, <laughs> got a little long-winded um, there, but uh, no, uh, this is your show. This is we want to do a interview with you now. And Richard, I think, has prepared some questions for you. As my co-host, sure. this is his first interview, so please be kind with him because uh, he's in training. I've had another woman with me about eight years and another man, so I'm training a new man and a new woman. So this is Richard T. Knight interviewing for the first time, and I will help any way I can, Tom, to make this real for you. But let's uh, let Richard cut his teeth, if you don't mind, because I know you're a good player, and we're blending our nonprofit with your nonprofit. So let him get to know you by asking you some questions and then, uh, you know, how you could may maybe help the universe with everything you just said with your insights. So, Richard, take it away, and I'm going to mute. And if, if I'm needed or if I have questions, I'll jump in. But let's see how you gentlemen handle each other's nonprofits together <laughs> and radio as well. <laughs> Okay, Thank you, Teresa. Well, appreciate it. All right, Tom, uh, you never mentioned the name of your book. You described all the creation that went into it, and, of course, you also commented that you were not a big fan of your own work. 
which of course that's a that's a typical thread for any writer basically speaking you're always questioning well did i put in enough and the thing of it is you go back to change something and then that's when you add a whole bunch more that wasn't there so the name of your book would be it's called two and the collectors it's t u and the collectors where the, okay. all of this the entire book i want to preface a little bit the entire book is a free stream so it's lacking. I even went back, I wrapped it around, even had an editor, and it's still a lot of free stream conversation. It's a, what I decided to do with this book was to get out of my own way. And I began, as the more I began to do that, the more I heard the conversations in my head of the players in the book. I had a narration coming to me that I didn't have to put, there was, it, it, I didn't have to struggle. Then there was a part where you need to go back and you need to change this because it doesn't work with this story arc. So the, the book is, I would call, a free stream novel. And so it's got some rough edges. Um, but I think it could be entertaining. I think it has a, uh, I think it has some value somewhere. I didn't have to figure out yet, uh, what that means. So. Well, that's great. And uh, in regards, of course, to the consciousness level as a species, I would agree with you there. I mean, yes, we have our own consciousness that creates our own world per se, interrelated with family and friends and peers and, and everyone we relate to. And so we jointly create what we experience between and amongst ourselves. And then, of course, we also buy into the mass consciousness in regards to uh, the human species creating our reality around us per se. Um, now, I would hope, you know, that it is balanced out. I mean, you know, negativity, of course, has been in the forepart, I guess you could say, for the last 50,000 years. And hopefully we have now in the process of turning a corner. I mean, what would you say? Do you, do you think that we have uh, the presence of mind in order to bring uh, unconditional love to the race as a whole so that in turn we can get past ourselves in a manner of speaking. I would like to think other than the following. The thing is, as far as the quote doomsday clock that I think the quote scientists, whoever they are, put this doomsday clock together that tells how close we are to doomsday. So the problem I have is, as I look at the sum total of mankind, let's just say it's a giant math equation Everything all adds up to you hear this giant rushing sound. It all adds up to psycho drums and everything. An epic, da-da, now. Okay? So the sum total of everything of humanity, regardless of all of our noble pursuits, everything, all the best we have to offer, we still have our, we're still, we're still right close to the edge of our own personal self, of our giant global annihilation that if egos aren't kept in check, if uh, uh, sanity does not rule the day, then we're not going to make it. And so there are people that argue with the concept of an ET intervention. I think it's possible that there's going to need to be an ET intervention. They have, from what I've understood, even from people I may disagree with, including uh, the Corey Goods and some of these others that are out there, some of these people are not entirely confident about their motives, but maybe they are hearing or maybe they are seeing, so I won't discount them completely. And that the idea is that they won't let us destroy ourselves 
uh, we have the evidence of this with the missile sites that were deactivated during the 60s. I think it was late 60s or 70s. I forget the dates and times. But we had missile sites that were deactivated throughout the, the, the North American continent. Missiles that were disabled by ETs. So I believe that there is going to be an ET intervention, that there may, have, may well have to be, that there's going to reach a tipping point for acceptance of the notion of ETs. People will, will no longer uh, cut to the, the mockery routine. They'll say, okay, let, tell me more. And I think we're, we're reaching that point where people are willing to go, okay, wait a minute now. Um, maybe there's something to this. And a lot of people don't see the connection to their day-to-day -day lives. It's, yeah, ETs, but I got to get back to my day-to-day. -day. The thing is, when the ET presence is, a, is in the skies globally, and they are coming and going openly, landing on your beach or landing in your town square or doing whatever it is they're going to do openly, that's going to change everything. That will change the entire paradigm shift of the planet. Red versus blue it will no longer matter. Uh, Christians versus Islam will no longer matter. Uh, none of this stuff will, will matter. It will be a gigantic paradigm shift on the planet. So this is why I advocate for disclosure. I look for disclosure in soft disclosure through science fiction. Uh, I see it, that it's being that Hollywood is being influenced at some level. Uh, I don't know if it's through the writers themselves are getting these fantastic ideas, because a lot of what I see in science fiction now is amazing, utterly amazing. Concepts that you hear about in the New Age community, metaphysical concepts, are making their way right into uh, popular uh, science fiction films, adventure films, uh, such as uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, you see all these spiritual concepts laid out in, in um, wonderful Hollywood style on the screen. So I think we're being prepared for possible disclosure, but I think it needs to happen sooner than later. I think that it's well, I would, I think that I would definitely, I would definitely agree with you there. I mean, the more we can disclose, and the more that our mass mind is attuned to the presence of other galactic beings, well, you know, regardless of what planet they come from or what solar system or what universe or whatever, um, they are, are and have been present not only on our planet in regards to actual physical beings uh, walking among us per se, uh, disguised as, as regular humans. I mean, you know, if their technology is so far advanced in comparison to ours, that would not be at all surprising. Besides, some of them uh, sentiently look just like us as far as our human, human features and so forth. So, you know, it would not be at all surprising that they have not only been present, but yes, they have been influencing us for a great long time. Um, and I think it's very important that people recognize that there is a positive thread to this and not a negative thread of, you know, being invaded and all of a sudden controlled. Because naturally, as you say, if in fact they do decloak, per se, using a Star Wars, Star Wars or a Star Trek term, and all of a sudden we recognize there's 50,000 of these UFOs or uh, flying saucers or flying vehicles of any kind in our atmosphere and that they are around the globe entirely, then yes, that is definitely going to shift not only how people think but also the reality as it stands right now. 
Um, of course, unfortunately, human beings tend to react negatively towards, you know, anything that's unknown. The ETs, I believe, are exercising a clock-like directive towards everything. That, that that's how, that's the, that is kind of the voice I think I seem to hear in a lot of what's being said. It has a logical literalness to it that, see, in English or American especially, a bulk of what we speak is hyperbola, slang, innuendo. We don't speak directly as much in our culture as other cultures do. I've studied some other languages and it's literal. Whereas we, I remember a gentleman I was looking for in Arizona, he was a Mexican national. And I mentioned to him, I said, uh, uh, this is about 30 years ago, I said, uh, sales are really going to explode. We start bringing this product in. And he said, Tom, I don't want any explosions. For him, it was literal. For me, it was just a, a, a metaphor. So I think right. they... The, the sense that I get from what I hear, when I hear people do channeling, et cetera, the conversation seems to be more literal uh, than what we're used to. And I think that they communicate in a way that that's what we have to learn is just kind of a simplistic uh, understanding again, instead of all the junk that we uh, cloud our thoughts with. But as far as disclosure goes, I think that one of the things that holds them back is the prime directive essence of what they believe. In fact, an example is given to me is if it, if you need a biblical reference of what it might like, what it might be out there in the cosmos, that this book of Job in which um, there's this conversation going on between the devil and God about this man Job, that evil and good were existing within the same conversation, that there was something in the universe, there was a yin and yang going on, and that this metaphorical story, I think it was metaphor, it was a nice fable, or maybe it was true, I don't know, but, uh, but that the metaphor was that good and evil were hanging out in the same space discussing the, uh, this minor uh, entity, Joe, and his family and these people on earth. So it was this, I think a conversation could still be going on between evil entities out there and the positive entities that they evils know that there are rules. And according to some, they've been told uh, to go. I don't know how much of that's true, but this is what I've heard. So. Well, I agree with you there. I think, you know, that the negative influence and evil beings or whatever are fleeing now to a large extent, um, not so much out of desperation, but out of the fact that, you know, people have become aware uh, we utilize energy a whole lot more efficiently than we used to. People are much more aware of their personal power, their personal energy field and everything else. And therefore, Absolutely. you know, um, it's just, it's just a changing of the times. I mean, if you can't feel, the energetic shift that is currently going on, then, you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not judging like you, you know, I'm just saying, uh, voicing my own opinion. But uh, the, the static field of energetic presence that we walk out into our, in our general environment has definitely shifted. It is, it is definitely changed. And it's, it Absolutely. continues to change. So, you know, with this kind of a bombardment, I think, you know, we are in fact, definitely being prepared 
to expand our awareness, to expand our consciousness, possibly to the acceptance of being able to say, okay, you know, you're beings from another galaxy or you're beings from another universe or whatever it happens to be. Another time, exactly. Another there time, you go. another space. Right. There you go. Another, a whole another dimension even. Yeah, a whole another exactly. dimension this even. Is, I think, you know? This, this is the thing I think that many of us had to kind of get past because I think on the pedestrian level, ufology is about, okay, what kind of engines are they using? Uh, what's the spacecraft like? How long did it take them to get here? Oh, they had wormhole technology. Isn't that fascinating? Find out about the wormhole. All about the mechanics. Whereas those of us, I think, that are more interested in more of a, a spiritual uh, connection to this or understanding that there is one, I did not understand that there was one. I didn't think that it was necessary. I like kind of science and space perspective. You know, it's all about the propulsion, how long they're taking to get here. Can we figure out how the engines work? Bob Lazar was onto something. Let's find out about element 115. We need to get into that. And ignoring the inexorable link that ETs have to spirituality with their own missions, that, that anybody that, you've talked, that I've talked to that talk about ongoing ET contact throughout their lives, there was a telepathic spiritual dimension to it that was different than the toxified spirituality that we were taught here on this planet. It's a different kind of spirituality. It's a way of, I think, telepathic uh, communication and being that I can't wait till we get there. Let's put it that way on a, on a, on a societal level. And I don't know when that'll be, but I, it would be nice if we could get there uh, sooner than later. Well, I think we will if we're not already partially there as it is. You know, of it. True. Each of us have traveled our own spiritual paths, and our own spiritual paths have had lots of channels, lots of contacts, um, you know, perhaps angelic beings that we have been programmed to believe or angels have been ETs all along. Now, again, that's all my personal opinion, but I do believe wholeheartedly in angels because they've, they've interacted with me personally on a physical level, appearing physically in my life, okay? And, you, you know, know what makes uh, that amazing? Huh. Richard, here's what, here's what I find amazing about that. So I came from a more of a science background. But what you're saying there is, um, was initially would have been a statement that I would have been like, okay, well, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not religious. I don't believe in, in, in angels or demons or any of that. But there's one thing that changed my thinking on all of this. One nugget that changed everything, and you'll see it as a through line in a lot of what I believe, is that the quantum principle and that at the quantum principle is essentially what people talk about in law of attraction, that the observer can affect the experiment down to the molecular, down to the subatomic, that the observer can affect those levels, and that it's basically your holodeck. If, quantum, if the quantum principle is, is true, then it's basically your holodeck. And that if you want there to be angels, you want there to be demons, you want, to, you, want you accept and believe that, then there will be. And that it's well, okay. Sure. Because we can call our own reality in a higher realm like that. Uh, that's what we can surround ourselves with. That's what's been shown to me. Maybe I'm, maybe somebody else to correct me on that, but that's, that's been my feeling, that there's this, people just have decided, well, this is going to be the afterlife for the human soul. This is what's going to happen. You're going to go through this, you're going to go through that. You know, they found that many people experience different things and that many people with religious experiences have experienced the religious 
thing that they talk about, uh, whether it was Christian or Islamic or whatever, they've experienced it from that perspective. And so that led me to think, well, wait a minute now, who's directing the show? Exactly, because, I mean, we are to a degree, I mean, if we take full conscious responsibility and understand that, you know, if you reach the zero point or the, you know, the, the quantum cube, basically exactly. you're, saying, you're saying that the mind is still, okay, and yet in, mm -hmm. in actuality you are blending spiritual energy into the realm of creativity itself. You, you become a co-creator of all that you experience. So, and this is, uh, I mean, this has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Granted, okay, so the language was taught. The language was taught you, you know what I'm saying? Okay, here's the next level that, that I still have difficulty wrapping my mind around. So we have this Sorry. phrase, it's all happening at once. Okay? It's like that scene in 2000, uh, that, the movie uh, 20, was it 2001, at the end of the movie where he's just racing right. through. The, the, the rushing scene, that's, yep. everything is happening at once, right? At this, uh, this is the theory that we're all, that right now we're just focused in on this time frame. So that is we, time travel would be simply learning how to focus on a different time frame and or a different location. How to do that's that, true. I don't know. That's true. But the sense As you is, say. my sense is, we can get glimpses of those other lives and times and places we've been if we can learn how to dial in. And I, I haven't learned how to, so I can't tell you that I do, but it's just an idea that I've had that uh, maybe some people can. Well, I think that's correct. In. I mean, you know, uh, I have what you'd call an archive of a few hundred lives anyway. Um, granted, they're not the whole story. But in a nutshell, they preserve the experience and the wisdom that was garnered during that lifetime, and they bring it to the present, okay? So it's like, you know, you have this archive of wisdom that you have garnered over thousands of years or, you know, and in turn, so when you walk out in your day-to-day -day life, you have this wisdom like at the side of your mind, you could say, and so when a situation presents itself, you have that wisdom of saying, okay, well, you've reacted in the past this way and it didn't work well, so now perhaps if you do it this way, it'll work better. But yes, the, pro the progression has been the now moment. You know, I mean, you're talking about the past already existing and happening now, and the present, of course, is happening now, and the future is also happening now, because you're taking the combination of your past and your present intellect and creating tomorrow. So it's all happening instantaneously in a manner of yeah. a thought stream, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how else to put it into words other it's than just to say a giant it'd be a ball of light. There you go. It's just, I mean, it's you know, in reality, yeah, in reality, we are not the human beings that we have been programmed and, you know, insisted upon that this is our limitation. No, in actuality, we are spiritual beings controlling, you right. know, our physical selves. So therefore, you know, exactly. The puppets do what the puppets are told to do by our higher selves or by our spiritual selves. And once we recognize that, it changes your whole paradigm. You know, you're no longer just a human being. Absolutely. Now now all of a sudden you're a spiritual being and you're experiencing a human experience instead of a human Correct. chasing after a spiritual experience. So you're you're changing your completely you're you're completely changing the paradigm 
uh, backwards, basically speaking, because we had always been programmed, you know, by all our esoteric schools and so forth, that you need to do this, this, and this, and this. And then in turn, you know, after a period of time, you will have a moment of uh, bliss or a moment of enlightenment or a moment of, uh, you know, expanded awareness. And, and, you know, I mean, the word enlightenment itself means nothing more than putting the light on something or actually finding out something from a different paradigm or a different perspective. And so, you know, it, it all goes together. I use, the, I use the term meat suit all the time because it helps yes. me keep perspective that I'm not my body, that there right. is a piece of consciousness inhabiting this body. And I think if you can keep your perspective that these things wear out, they're only good for 80 to 100 years and wear out. And we've been stuck well, into this little meat suit. Okay. 135 we've stuffed into this thing. Okay. So we've been stuffed into this little meat suit. Yeah. We've got somebody here. Did you invite somebody? Or? I did. I did not. No. Okay. Hello? I heard the ocean. I heard the ocean. Weird. <laughs> well, it wasn't me at well, the ocean. Uh, somebody okay. was there on uh, Skype. You can't, I can't see the ones, but I didn't know if you invited one of your co-hosts or any of your people no. to come listen to your story, your story no. of origin. No. You didn't invite anybody? No. Nobody. I'm kind of shy. It's well, true never about me. Shy? <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's not about me. It's about the ideas. I'm just trying to get the ideas out there. I don't need to be, you know, that's that's just who I am. I'm not, I'm not. Well, what about your edgy. nonprofit? Surely you thought it's, you had the message or you wouldn't have formed a nonprofit. That takes a little money, doesn't it? Right. So, you know, I had an investor help me on that. But the thing <laughs> is, the message has always been, that I was the, I'm basically the usher bringing people into this, uh, this room that they're going to learn something. So my show and everything that I'm doing is to promote kind of advanced human consciousness, bring people into this experience with people that have experience. Like recently we had, uh, this guy, Dr. Lonnie from uh, Brussels, Belgium. This guy is doing, um, some CE5. So we're going to have him back next week. Um, bringing you on, uh, or not, uh, yeah, you'll be on Friday, uh, and well, we're going to talk about Law story. of One. My, we're going to talk about Law of One. Bit. Now, wait. I, don't don't use that as a, a, a tag word or a, a segue or a soundbite because that belongs to the <laughs> world with uh, another another nonprofit called L and L. I don't know if you know that. Or well, not. you can. We're, we're just going to we're just going to we're just going to talk about. It. There's some, there's some great things that have gone going on with that. That. Uh, uh, you have some background information we wanted to hear about. So that was the whole story Oh, about you want that. to know that, well, my history crosses over into many nonprofits and profits. But that was Carla. There you go. You know, Carla, McC yeah, you her mean. name was Carla Ruckert. And she was in Kentucky right. with me. But so was David Wilcock for two years, you know. <laughs> but, right. Um, so, yeah, that, but, that bothers but yeah, me. Yeah, I but, get what but, you're saying, but Carla uh, was a channel, uh, she was a physics major over at the university with Don Elkins. So they have a, they did studies from 1961 to 1981, and then they wrote a book, right. Law of One. 
but and then she right, married so I've, Jim. I've read, read a huge Jim amount McCarty. of that. I've never been able to finish all of it, but it's a fascinating topic. I love the logic that goes through it, and so uh, that's well, as long as like you remember, that's not your, that's not my claim to fame. That's Don Elkins that's passed, and Carl. No, we realize that. No, no. Okay. You just you had some you had some inside yeah. exposure. That's that's the idea. Yeah, I don't, no, we don't. I just want to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're big, I just want to make sure that you understand because I don't want. Uh, there's a lot of people in radio, television, and historical events on the internet in the cyberspace culture, especially. There's infighting in all these tracks that I've been working with: alienology, oh, really? ufology, okay. spirituality, okay. Okay. metaphysics. And uh, Ascension Age is all about bringing them all together and not separation. And I'm not surely not trying to separate you from me oh, and no, your show. No. I just want oh, you to no. know that when you mention that, people will automatically think that you and I are uh, trying to make money off of uh, Carla oh, no, or no, Jim. No, no. We just want to have the conversation about it. That's the whole point Open of the show. Is a lot of this stuff. A lot yeah, of it is creative information. Content. We just want to hear the story. Yeah, we just want to hear the yeah, story. The you know, story. we've had ET contactees. We just want to hear the story. We're not here to judge. It's a safe place for people to talk about it. A safe place to consider some ideas in a little more depth than just. Well, I hope kind you of think of me more than her- Carla's story because Carla was just one channel, and her she's an author and uh, she's passed. But yeah, that I would rather tell our story of the Ascension Age because you don't know about all my books and my message, but. That's okay. We That's want why to know you're it here all. too. <laughs> we want to know it really? all. We're going to get it I all. Thought you yeah, were we're going to get it all. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, like we're, well, trying, to, we're yeah. trying to ply out of Tom. We want it all. <laughs> That's right, Tom. So that... And we're getting it all. <laughs> believe it or not, we're getting it all because the conversation, you see, it's funny. You express an idea, and then the idea turns into a conversation. Then the conversation turns into a flow. You see, and I've noted this there you go. quite often uh, because what happens is when you meet someone of a like mind, it's like your frequencies and vibrations hit upon each other and they they kind of align, you could say, because you're like-minded to begin with and then your spirit kind of attunes and says, oh, okay, so this is someone that I'm already familiar with, although we may not know when, where, why, or how, or how long ago even for that matter in possibly a past life, a past experience, or whatever it happens to be. But there's uh, like an instant kinship, I guess, is, is the best way to term it. But anyway, it's like a familiarity. Like you, you meet someone and you say, wait a minute, I know this person already, but I've never met this person. So you're, you're throwing up all these questions. And yet at the same time, the discussion is flowing all in a, in a unified frame of reference. In other words, we, we've taken it from... Uh, being simply our human human selves to expressing outwardly in a conscious awareness factor and saying, okay, we recognize that we are spiritual entities and that our spiritual entities in turn are playing a great greater role in what we do and what we perceive than we've ever recognized in the past, simply because that was always well, hush-hush and so forth. Well, this is the thing that I've I've learned is this, I went to, I'll, I'll just, I guess it was about 35 years ago, went to a cult experience. It really it seemed like an, an innocent uh, church group at first, but then it became more time-consuming, more and more and more. And then it became more and more rigid and more dogmatic. 
And ultimately, mm. after about four and a half, almost five years of it, I said, we got to go. Uh, and there was resistance from the people that, you know, those people to such an extent is that we had to just basically leave without telling anyone. And it was it was kind of a, an eye opener for me, but it left me very skeptical spiritually. And I went through a period of uh, basically what I say, I, I tell people I developed a complete lack of faith. I had to go to a reset position because everything that I had been experiencing up to then was what I would call a false spirituality, including my own upbringing and um, in denominational um, Christian uh, settings. And so I had to do a reset, just cut it all loose. And so coming back into this or coming into ufology, I was first off skeptical uh, without evidence. So I'm the reasonable skeptic. And I look at all of this stuff with kind of a reasonable skeptic uh, outlook. That's generally where I go with all of this. So I've been skeptical of my own insights. I've been skeptical of my own so-called downloads. Uh, I will only limit them to be seen. I'm very leery about calling them downloads because then I feel like I'm invoking uh, something that may not have happened, but maybe it's just good imagination. So I'm willing to, I think it's a point of humility to say, okay, maybe it's just good imagination. Don't get too swept up in your own uh, quote channeling or your own downloads or any of this stuff. What can you do with this good story? Well, maybe it informs people on its own. It doesn't have to be true. Maybe it's enough that it shows an example, that it uh, leads people in a direction, that there's an overall essence to what's being communicated to me. We'd like you to, can, can you just, do, can you do that in kind of a Hollywood style? Huh? Can, can you get that message? We've got a train coming by. Um, but maybe that's the essence that it's not a literal download of a real scene or a real story, but that it's an impression of a message. And so then it's my job to turn it into something that people will receive. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, just like your book, you said it basically pre-flowed. So in other words, it was almost like you could say a portion of you was writing it and very much aware that it was being written, but yet at the same time, there was no obstacles, there was no uh, feedback, there was no criticism, there was no apprehension. It just flowed. It just it just it just got written, and and the point that it there was out, a little voice that said just just write just okay just write just be the printer. Use your typing to be the printer, and, we're, and there's a message coming through. Just relive the scene. Just write write the scene. Write the conversation, and it. It, the more I would ask for, the more it would come. I hit, uh, I think, close uh, to was it, 375 pages, and I'm like looking at other books and novels that are out there. I'm like 200 pages, 150 pages. Now I'm at 373, and I'm like, what? Where, where is this going? It's just getting longer and longer. And so I, it was almost it became too much. So I, uh, I said, okay, we got to end this. It has to end. We're going to do a cover. We're going to get it out there. Just get it out there. Just go through the final process. Just get it out there. It was almost like this urgency that said, but yeah, but can't we fix it? Just get it out there. Yeah, but it needs to have this over here. No, just get it out there. That was the sense that I had when I was doing it. It's strange. Wow. Well, I mean, that's very similar to automatic writing in a sense, you know. People uh, yeah. channel other beings or, or maybe they're talking with their higher self and they – 
have that may be the first time that they've communicated with their higher self or their spiritual essence, and that in turn, of course, it comes through and it they just the the means by which they're utilizing the voice is basically just writing, and they don't they're not even consciously aware of what they have written because. You, they pick it up and look at it after the fact, and they're saying, wait a minute, I didn't write that. Who wrote this? You see what I'm saying? Well, in fact, in that book, there is a story arc that wraps around later. I said, wow, that was cool. We already built that in. I was trying to solve a problem later in the book, and it was like, just go back over here. It's already there. We're going to bring that forward. Oh, we're going to wrap around here. You see how that works? I'm like, okay. Uh, that's what happened. So cool. uh, I said, that it, yeah, I, and now there's a prequel that I'm working on, and it's almost like the more I ask, the more of a deluge I get. So it's almost like I get, a, to be honest, I get a little, um, I have to step back. I'm like, okay, we got to let that chill for a bit. It's almost too much. So I've, I think I sent you guys some illustrations that I had done, and there's more to that that has come along in the, in the, in the time being, and it's like, Okay, I got other things I got to do, but you know this is, it becomes compelling. All of a sudden, one day you're come in Photoshop, and there it is, and put something together. So that's neat. But I think it's I think it's easier to for me. Maybe this is why these are coming to me as a photographer and a videographer. And I do video editing. I'm in a visual sense, and so the writing has proven that I'm not that he's not that good. Okay, um, but what I can come up with in an illustration format could then be taken by somebody to then turn that into a screenplay or uh, a, you know a visual, a video, a video, a movie, that kind of thing. So that's where I can excel creativity with my creativity is visually. Yeah, I know about it, and it looks good, and that's what Augie knows. He wrote uh, – he's an author in our author's club only right now, but he did want to do some more if we got something going. But I need to ask you, uh, Richard and Tom, are we going to take calls? Because I've been here uh, since 2012 and helped with Blog Talk Radio where they got where they didn't really want to do paranormal and spirituality or, or psychics. I was one of the first ones many years ago So, uh, when uh, Mr. Levy started this thing, but it's now in my box cast. But uh, are you going to uh, – normally – I'm just letting you know, Tom, that normally I allow people to call in and invite them to do so if they have questions. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Let uh, that be more than happy to um, all right. ask me anything. AMA. Nine one seven five three eight. You're live and on the air. Did you want to talk to Richard or Tom or both? Hello, you're live and on the air with TJ Marcy Radio. Hello. I guess they're just listening. Let's try this other one. Hello, you're live and on the air on TJ Marcy Radio. Would you like to talk to Tom or Richard or both? Hi, hi, ma'am. I, I just want to say I'd like to talk to both of them. The person oh. very intelligent, and, and, you, and you as well. Thank you. Well, uh, go right ahead, Richard and Tom. Can you uh, tell them apart? Uh, but first of all, let's get your name and where you're calling from and how you know about TJ Mars ET Radio, please. 
Yeah, I'm from the Arizona and uh, uh, Block Talk, and and I've always been interested in the universe since I was a little girl. So thank you. Thank you. And what's your name so you can get to know Tom, and you may make Tom a friend on Facebook or Richard on Facebook or me, TJ. Of course, we may be friends. Uh, Melissa what? and uh, I, 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 I'm not connected with Facebook yet through y'all. That is the truth. Okay. Well, we invite you to like us. I'm not very good at uh, my marketing and sales team uh, putting it together. I actually use GoDaddy for all that. <laughs> but I'm trying to get better on radio. So, Melissa, uh, I guess just like us on the front of TJ Marcici Radio on BTR. Folks, we say blog talk radio we just say btr and the family uh, that's now owned by Voxness, one of the larger companies bought us and they also use spreaker so we do syndication all right melissa you heard tom and you heard richard richard's my co-host yes. tonight and tom is our guest so you go right ahead and i'm tj yes hi both of you so my question is uh so video, photograph, photograph for you. That that is creativity. And um, what 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 do you recommend? Like uh, my my, if it's okay to ask specific for myself, or a color, or or specific colors, or to expand more the creativity side. Um, sometimes I have a little bit of complications with uh, with English. And you know, I did find a lie. I did find a lie worker, and uh, he was pretty uh, rude. That uh, being lie worker, that he couldn't understand my English. And then I said, well, you know, that doesn't make any sense because the universe has many multiple languages. Anyway, uh, any advice on this? Because uh, this is we're talking about you are using your creativity side. I'd like to uh, learn. Okay, so. Are you asking that you're getting strange languages? Did I understand that correctly? I, I'm trying to improve my English speaking patterns. Okay. And uh, I've studied it. I've learned it. And sometimes it doesn't come out properly. And Well, just, uh, just keep practicing. That's all you can do. Um, is there a color creativity, I mean, I'm sure for your experience, I read your article, maybe that is that is the best of the best. What, uh, is there a recommendation that you have for me? On my spiritual I'm sorry, level? recommendation. I'm not sure what kind of recommendation you're looking for. Uh, expand my creativity side. Oh, she wants some direction. Um, get involved. So Richard, Richard is uh, get involved more... in some art. I... <laughs> okay, artwork with some, your colors. Get... Mhm. Yeah, just do some painting or ceramics, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, anything else on that, Tom or another gentleman? Richard? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Richard. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're trying to develop your creative self, then you you, be, you basically need to turn inward 
or go into meditation and ask yourself, well, you know, how is it you want to express yourself, whether it be visually or whether it be, you know, and if visual, to what extent? I mean, like Tom said, you know, maybe painting or drawing or, you know, uh, photography or there's all kinds of different fields and different areas of creativity. You just have to explore it all and find out what, what suits you best. In other words, what you feel at ease with. Melinda, you know, pick up a pencil. Uh, pick, pick, pick go up ahead, a pencil. Pick mm-hmm. up a, thank you. I'm sorry. Pick up a pencil and a piece of blank paper and start doodling and see what comes. Don't don't limit your hand. Let your hand do what it's just going to be there with the pencil on the paper and just you know just see where it goes. Let your thoughts ride with whatever's going with the paper and see what comes of it. Or get some crayons, the children's crayons, and see what happens with that. And if you feel you're moving in that kind of direction, it'll you'll say, hey, this is fun. I like this. Or there's other things you can do. We talked about uh, painting. Get some uh, some really cheap uh, painting kits you can get on online. Uh, just get get some paint and see what comes of that. Or get some some clay. Clay is cheap. Uh, I love working with clay. Clay is a lot of fun because you can uh, literally create just about anything, you know, uh, or just be artistic or uh, whatever you want. So there's a lot of avenues you can go in. I think uh, art is one of the best to help develop your creativity. Uh, I do stuff online. uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. You know know how the scary is. Yeah, and I get you. Well, you know, there's a thing, you know, you can do stuff on the computer. You can do Photoshop and things like that, and but it's inside the computer. It's not out in the physical world, like uh, learning a violin or, you know, a musical instrument is another way to tap into your creativity uh, and learn guitar. And by the way, um, Teresa, I think you said that I knew how to play guitar. I do not. I took folk guitar in high school and was miserable. But, so I knew that that was Well, how did I know that? You said something earlier at the beginning of the show that I knew how to play guitar, and I don't. I film, I film musicians. I've shot plenty of musicians in, in uh, well, you said you, which is a lot of fun. You're a, but, uh, you said you have, have a folk guitar, right? No, I did not. I did you, not didn't learn to, you didn't learn to play folk guitar as a younger boy? No. In high school, I did take folk guitar class. But what did we do? We sat in the back and watched these guys who already knew how to play guitar. We watched them play uh, every hit song on the radio. And so I didn't pay attention to learning how to play guitar. So uh, that was well, kind of an interesting hour out of the day uh, to go play folk guitar. Oh, I thought you knew how to play the guitar. Well, can you read music? I, uh, uh, no, I took uh, piano lessons in grade school, but nothing never did. I knew that this was not going to work for me. I love listening to music. I love understanding the depth behind musicians and what they went through and all these historical musicians. And I love listening to the blues. I love um, uh, rock, you know, that kind of music. I love acid jazz. I love ambient. I love just about everything. There isn't much I don't like in music, but I'm well, not a musician. Well, I think you're very humble. You've got to remember – 
I'm an ascension master, and I read your energy, even though I've never had a chance or an opportunity or you've never asked me to. But I didn't think that you played a guitar off of a picture that you posted. Uh, I thought you were like your folk guitar in high school probably because it's in your uh, energy, which we read you different that Richard can explain. Uh, But let me do my part with Melissa. Melissa, how many languages – how many languages do you speak, Melissa? Tatu. What are they? Did you hear me? Uh, Spanish and English. Perfect. Ah. That's wonderful. So we appreciate you being bilingual. That's excellent. And I apologize for anybody in the past that you feel like we're light workers or in our movement, our Ascension Age movement, which comes after the New Age, after 12-21-12. But, yes, there's a lot of people out there, and we're all growing, and we're all equal. We all have an inner, and we all have an outer. So when you're talking to us, we're on your outer awareness. And so we apologize if anybody makes you feel unworthy are, uh, like you said, they were rude to you because we're all on the inner. Your ascension masters work with their inner connection to the outer at many, many levels in the universe, says, plural. So I'm seeing that you need to uh, work with others in a spiritual community because we're all about spiritual growth, and we welcome you into our organizations, whichever one if you want to, but we teach open source, and you're welcome to come back here next Thursday when we're doing psychic readings, and we'll help you more on Psychic Network Club, okay? Blessing. Uh, Blessing. Blessing. Cosmos, and uh, hope that uh, it goes accomplished. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you're you. a wonderful speaker. Thank you. All right. Well, we each got to talk to her, so that was good. And she's very sweet, speaks two languages. We could really use that in our organizations, guys. So, you know, we've got to learn how to use this radio to our advantage. So Tom Schaefer is our guest speaker, and she read his bio, or at least that he's a Navy veteran, called him the cream of the crop. I agree with her because we know everybody in America here made in USA, when you have uh, taken an oath of office and you're willing to give up your life to defend your country from both foreign and domestic, I'm sure that a lot of people don't realize how humble Tom Schaefer is. However, Tom, you don't give yourself enough credit in many ways. So, yes, you are a musician in many ways, and yes, you are a guitar folk player because you play folk just fine, and we do folk life. <laughs> I have a <laughs> folk life, so you're playing folk Well, I appreciate your vote of confidence, but, but you have not heard me play, so we have yet to have that happen. <laughs> Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll, well hold. I'll, I'll hold. I won't hold you live until after that. So, okay, uh, I'll show you how to hold uh, A, D, and E. Actually, yeah, for me, gonna... for, uh-huh. for me, my cameras are my are my guitars, and I've even told there people that when I used to sh- shoot uh, a lot of events, I said these are my guitars. This well, is let's... my weapon. So well, I, that's how I look at my Richard cameras. You had a good... 
you tell Richard you had a gift of gab, and so does he. So I can talk your ear off. But let's get – I've got my day coming with you with your nonprofit association and your YouTube. But this one's going on my YouTube on Psychic Channel Network and TJ Mars Agency and TJ Mars EC Radio and about 100 more out there. But I don't go by numbers, folks. I'm not trying to make money at it. But Richard wants me to – learn how to utilize all these things I pay for for everybody else. So I'm like you. I'm just punching the, punching the buttons, Tom, for you and Richard. So, Richard, you get to ask questions because this is supposed to be Tom's interview, but the last hour we did open it up, and now we're going to go back to Richard and asking Tom questions because Tom is a little bit shy. So back to you, Richard. I'm going to mute. Okay. Well, let's see. Where do we go next? I mean, we've, we've been around the world in a manner of speaking. Uh, let's That's see. True. Creativity, very of course, true. is your ph- photography, uh, you know, and uh, you're very uh, artistic in regards to creating illustrations. And, of course, I, I guess maybe we should focus a little more on science fiction because I agree with you. There's been like an underlying theme with all the movies that have come out recently there are bits and pieces here and there of truth being revealed because in reality there's technology that is being depicted that in actuality here in 3D uh, we're actually utilizing it to some degree. Um, there's there's so, an incredible metaphor, and I'm right there with you, Richard. There's an incredible metaphor in this movie that Ryan Gosling has felt embarrassed by, and that's The Green Lantern. But if you look yes. at the elements of the thought process behind this whole thing called thought, that's what the whole thing was all about. You're like, holy cow, they've gone completely in-depth on a story that involves this power of thought. So the movie was kind of panned, kind of a, you know, just bad sci-fi. Maybe there were elements of it that kind of put it that way. But I think maybe the concept was bigger than a lot of audiences were ready for that when you understand the power of thought, there it is right there. They just illustrated it in, in a giant parable for the screen, for the movie screen. So I'm right there with you, Richard. Very true. I mean, you know, it, and yes, if, if we look at it from the perspective of being that we are co-creators and therefore whatever we send out thought-wise with emotional intent, we bring it or compel it to arrive in our reality. Sometimes it's, it's it, I don't think that it's ever in, instantaneous per se, but it certainly can arrive in the same day or in the same week or in the same month. And again, sometimes we view this as synchronicity and other times we view this as coincidence, which I don't believe in coincidence, by the way. I think that basically everything happens at the right time in the right right way at the right place and even with the right people to some degree would you agree with that or what are your thoughts in that line of thought totally and i think some of this where people want to know the future and that they that ets have the ability to tell you a little bit about the future but i think a lot of times the one impression that came to me was uh tom they do know the answer to that but uh you will generally f things up if you know so we can't tell you. That's been my impression, is that the technology is there for us to do time travel or to manipulate time and space 
It's just that we are such a species that, you know, we're walking around with walkie-talkies that have TV screens on them. And we think we are ready to join the galactic cosmic collective as the human species. And maybe we've already been there as light beings in our true light being self. But in this particular existence, this particular planet, we're still, I, th- I kind of see us in the dark ages compared to where some of these other races are coming from and what's possible in the future. We seem to be quite a ways off. Well, I think we're a work in progress. I mean, I'll give us that much credit, you know. Uh, we strive to become the best that we can be. And, you know, that we're limited by our human capacities only from the aspect of receiving and generating outward from us obstacles that we, we see as pertinent or as, you know, concepts that we see as, you know, limitations. So if you remove the limitations, go ahead. Well, we're looking at it from a human perspective. But when we start to understand the weird side of how ETs look at us and how they perceive what we are, here's a way to do that. Think about, let's just say you find that there is another planet out there that's full of ETs that are about the same kind of thing as humans, which may well be the case, but let's just take a hypothetical for a moment. Do they have a General Motors? Do they have a uh, an advertising system? Do they have brands of automobiles on their planet? Do they have, did they make a series of decisions that were more commercial than logical? For example, we should have been doing electric vehicles since the 1800s. Okay, uh, that should have grown up instead of gasoline engines, but we didn't do the logical thing. We did the commercial thing. So did they do that on other planets too? Do they have brands? Do they have a Nike? Do they have commercial interests, giant advertising and control like they show us in science fiction that there's that, that that's what it's going to be on other planets? I don't think so. How would humanoids on other planets naturally evolve? Would they be tribes? Would they be would they be like us with the same kinds of clothing? Would it be like a, a bad Star Trek episode where they go to a planet and everybody's got breathing the same kind of air, same kind of food? I don't think so. I think that's maybe where we trip ourselves up is we want the reality of the rest of the universe to be like us. And it's not. Oh, I would agree. I mean, you know, it, it's obvious that they have far more advanced technology than we do. And they are much more social, and they are much more advanced in the way that they communicate. Like you said, you, like you mentioned earlier, telepathy. I mean, telepathy can be taken to such a degree that you really do not have to speak verbally. Instead, basically, it is a mind-to-mind transmittal. It, it's exactly. Done energy. It's done through energy. Isn't so, that amazing? You know that it and is. I don't think people give that enough thought because think about this. We see throughout science fiction, we see the the, uh, the use of, uh, uh, we've got to run it through the universal translator. It's got to go through some electronic means to be interpreted. And, of course, we've got a giant library that can interpret that language. It's the fallacy of science fiction because it strips out the spiritual concept that somehow, through telepathy, ETs are able to talk to us in our own language. Is it because they spent 30 years studying English? No, it's because they already speak telepathically. And something 
happens in the in that space, whatever that is, that telepathic space that does not limit it by time or space. It has non it's non local. It's instantaneous across the universe. So something happens in that space that does the translation. So there's something in this mind meld with the meat suit that does the conversion automatically. So this whole idea that we would go to AI and that you'd be, we're going to put you in a better suit. We're going to take your consciousness and put it in a better suit. When in reality, the organic suit already has all the capabilities. It's just never been built. It's never been played up. It's never been utilized. True. That the suit you have is the best one you should, should be in. Hmm. I think the that lure of AI, the AI body, yeah. I think is a, is a ruse. Well, I mean, there was even a Star Trek episode that did was similar and based to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and sure. This is going again back to the 60s and 70s. You know that uh, we could in turn create uh, human uh, humanoid that would not have the weaknesses, that would not be susceptible to disease, that would not necessarily need to to eat or need to sleep, and our consciousness would in somehow be shifted onto that particular body. Now, exactly how this is performed, of course, is way out there because naturally that's far above what technology we have. But we are creating clones at the same time. Exactly. Think about this. Now, I'm not trying to get on either side of this. I'm just going to say this disclaimer out to the The whole vaccination thing, what I found fascinating about this, these mRNA vaccines, is they're more programming than there is... um, it's not dead virus that's being injected. It's a programming change to the system. And so my science fiction mind goes immediately to, oh, this is a DNA, RNA upgrade. Um, that's or even nanobites what's for that happening. <laughs> well, and then there's people that say, you know, there's nanites going inside you and you're going to be taken over. But see, to me, I don't care. It's never going to affect my light body. It could destroy my meat body. I don't care about that. That's the least of my worries. So I haven't taken it, but I've said to myself, okay, so what? Okay, I die. Oh, okay, then I was supposed to die. I'm not worried about it. You see what I'm saying? But I haven't done it. Oh, yeah. There's a dual side to the way I feel, but I'm saying to myself, okay, what is the big deal? So maybe it's actually a good thing. Maybe there's not an upside to this. So that can be made more sense than the dead virus vaccines, I think like the J&J and some of the others. I think they were dead virus vaccines, which is old technology. And so if maybe this new technology is actually a good thing, I haven't fully arrived at a conclusion yet, so I couldn't tell you. That's a good analogy, yeah. but Tom, let me interject here. You called this a meat suit, which a lot of us in radio, television, and writers are at that level. But a lot of the people, uh, I've found a lot of children uh, meaning below 70, because I'm, I'm going to be 70 this year, folks. This is my 69th year, so I, forgive me, but uh, I was told by God that everyone would be my children. <laughs> so it's <laughs> okay. his own, heaven forbid, right? So uh, I'm doing my best to keep a good humor about coming and going and coming and going, but I, I've kept going in this body till I need an upgrade, but I'm past that age now of where what happened is losing my husband and daughter. I can't renew 
my sales. Now, folks, everybody can renew their sales. That's normal being human in the meat suit. And as you lose your light, this is what depression and loss, we have to raise ourselves back up. And I believe that's what Tom is saying. But Tom speaks like he's already an ascension master. Tom, have you died or had a near-death experience in this reality, if you don't mind me asking? Okay, this reality for me, if I had to judge it, is like I have reaped so much good karma. No, that's not what so I ask many... you. I ask you if you ever had have died or had a near-death experience. No. Well, no, I, I don't see this as the thing. Is I, I've had so few negative traumas in my life, other than the fact that I was put up for adoption at two and a half years old. I have not had anything major like that happen. I've never had a bone broken, uh, uh, never been majorly sick. There's just a few things, they can change you there. But, um, That's really, because I've you're a higher being life. than many people. You didn't have to redo that due to your karma dharma. There's such thing in I reincarnation. Guess. So you're yeah. well. I'm just letting you, letting you know that's my own opinion. How's that? Is that okay if I tell you something? Because you didn't ask Ab- for that. Absolutely. That's no, the way I, I see you as a psychic or a ascension being, because uh, we talk a different language than most people on the planet, and so there's very few of us that choose to come back and work like a light being, like a gold personage or a blue personage or like, uh, did you see that movie with Nicolas Cage where the beings came down and they were like light blue beings? Yeah, so people like that, our older people relate to Cocoon and the gold beings in the Anunnaki a lot. And so all the stories are intermingled, intermingled on the planet and they're all talking about the same thing, just like the deluge and all the old world religions. So many of them all over the world talk about the flood. And then we had some books that made it, and you know Constantine kept a few books. But now what's happened is we're fighting all over the world, especially in Iraq and you know Egypt, because they uh, have so much that apparently people didn't keep the artifacts, and they're trying to tear up the few we have. And so it's very interesting that uh, people don't know more than they do, and a lot of it is because the history of the thread of truth that we create together as our out bodies, our outside bodies, have been taught something different. So every so often, at least every 24,960 years or so, we'll have people come in and we will help re-educate the masses. And we were waiting for 7 billion, but at 1221.12, we didn't have enough beings on the planet to uh, raise consciousness such as yourself. So that's why the Ascension Age, and we had to go through a shutdown on the planet for poisoning air, food, and let's say water. So uh, we're restructuring now after 2020. And so now you're on the other side of that, and people, we call it now hindsight is 2020 on this planet because you know there's no time and space, right? And also people can't really see out past very well past the light, so they only understand the speed of light, which is, you know, like the beginning of time for a lot of people. So they only think it's 13.8 billion years. So now you are part of the ascension age and free cosmos. And you are exposing this, Tom Schaefer. That is who you are now. So welcome aboard. <laughs> Back to you, Richard. <laughs> You're supposed to be asking Tom 
questions now. This is supposed to be the <laughs> interview ask the questions. Okay. I know. I'm sorry I told you I could talk your ear off. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, Tom, you said you had a twin. Have you ever interacted with your twin? Or did they just go a separate way or exactly what happened? Well, we are, are very opposite in our um, – we're opposite, but we're similar. And um, so, yeah, so we are currently uh, leading separate lives. You know, we, uh, just that's just the way life's been. Um, but um, it has been an interesting aspect of my life. I'll put it that way. But I have had – they had my original family before I was adopted. I got to meet them about uh, during about 1980. Got to meet them, and that was interesting. So I have an interesting family background, but I have a lot of um, separation. And so that's one of my little, uh, what do you call it, dharmic journeys that I've been through. Has been, uh, not a, I have not lived a standard family uh, style. It has been very... Um, made some attempts, but uh, that's been interrupted numerous times. So I have had a very, uh, I'd have to say, uh, disruptive family life. So. Okay. I think that's kind of a common thing now. Um, you know, most people that I talk to that uh, are very much aware or their awareness has expanded, they all tend to have, uh, I wouldn't go as far as say dysfunctional, but definitely disoriented family routines or disoriented I would have to family say, right, interactions. He was, he was, not a, uh, was not an inspirational guide like you would see on Lifetime television. Uh, it was dysfunctional, but I've gotten past judgment and said, okay, you need to work on yourself. Uh, these folks, uh, you, all you can do is forgive them and move on. And uh, that hopefully they can do the same. Uh, my reconnection with my real father was not good and there was a point at which i was angry about it but he didn't want to communicate and for whatever reason it is what it is um i can't judge him for it uh something was going on with him that was his journey i put my my hand out that's all i can do and so that was part of my maturity is understanding that people are going to be who they are and uh, you're going to have to work on your journey and if it doesn't agree then you just need to forgive and move on uh forgive both sides forgive me for being an idiot and uh, forgive them for being who they are, and just okay, that's who they are. Let them be. You know, that's. Uh, oh, I agree. I, I agree completely. I mean, you know, as they say, live and let die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> try to well, try to keep it too, well, I mean, too soon, right? But it's it's that's not really a cold expression. It's just saying that you know, sometimes uh, life throws people. Well, of course, we never have the choice as to who our parents are going to be or who, what circumstances are going to be our background in far, as far as how we're raised or who we communicate best with or who is in and out of our lives. That's all kind of like pre-programmed or something. Um, well, you so anyway, talked about part, nothing being you, you talk I about have to interject one thing, guys. Again, you've got the female, your counterpart over here. <laughs> I'm watching you two go through <laughs> – the, the slits, right? And I'm the observer of the show. <laughs> but I have to tell you that in my group, uh, my Ascension Masters, we go by live and let live because we don't believe in death. We only have life after life. 
So I'll give you something. You take every word. That's why I love doing radio. In epistemology and ontology, of course, we have cosmology. And see, Tom doesn't know any of this about me. Literally, I don't think he knows anything about me, do you, Tom? <laughs> Richard doesn't either. I Tom, do you know anything? Well, it's funny. That's what's fun about having new parts of yourself on the outside. See, Tom, everything on the outside of me is the ACO Club, which is Ascension Center Organization. So I created that when I got tasked with my mission as a light being returning back as a bodhisattva type of, like you call it, full-time life contactee. Right, so we'll talk about that on your show for the first time. I imagine uh, you and Richard are going to get to ask me questions because I do better if you ask me questions unless you just want me to first hour on your show go through my story of origin. But back to you, Richard. Teresa? Yes. Let me say this. I have been accidental tourist on all of this, and I have had (laughs) a serendipitous bounce through all of it. It has been... I have reaped a lot of good karma in this life. I believe it's that. You're a high karma. Ride. It's, well, you don't it's have very really much been, left to burn off. See, that's your meat Well, I keep, But I have invoked some. Trust me, I've invoked some. The last four years have been difficult. But um, I have to burn that off. But generally, I have enjoyed a lot of good karma in my life and I'm very, in a very peaceful place. And I, I have to say that. Um, because I don't under, always understand why either. A lot of this journey that you're describing is I'm picking up pieces along the way of, of something I can't remember and I'm starting to remember. And it's been interesting. Oh, oh, I get it. So in this reality, when the veil came down, you would be considered a baby, right? A new soul or we don't know because you don't remember any of your past life. So you've not done any hypnotic regression. Well, that's not totally true. That's not totally okay. true. I have remembered some. And so that's been, it's been big. So that's all I can say is, okay, this is where I have a little, my skeptical side saying, okay, is that, is that just good imagination or is that what you're like, wow. So Well, let's go there. What about your Andromeda life? With, uh, I, I have an Andromeda life, M31. A lot of people do. And it's just opening up for them. It's after colorful. 2020. The whole story is colorful. It's all colorful. It, to me, it's wonderful. Why do you story. share that with people? Again, I can't say whether it's true or false, or whether it's just good story. It's all I can do is illustrate it to the best I can. That's what I want to do with it. So that's why um, we do books, but, is to leave it for our children and the people that may not believe us in reality. But now we've created a meetup group, and you're in Florida, Tom, and I invite you to come. So we can work out okay. all these little details with uh, Richard. And do you know the astronaut, uh, civilian astronaut, Dr. Uh, Ralph Kennedy Johnson, Jr., Sr.? Do you know Dr. I do not. Ken Johnston? He's talked, been at some of the UFO events in and out of country, India and other countries, Belgium and places. But he, uh, he's uh, in our ACO, and we have gone from de- – we just since – Talked, talking to you with your nonprofit and Richard's nonprofit and then our psychic network, we're going to create the 5D experience.us in the world science webinars with some other people that have highbrow, a lot of PhD levels, 
but they want to examine our psychic brains and our NDE brains, those of us that claim to be ascension masters or those that come and go uh, here on the planet. So I invite you because you have very little think, left to burn off. But I think trying to get into the granularity of um, how the engine works, we should, we, rather than trying to figure out how the engine works, we should be really just running the engine. Well, yeah, I'm riding. I'm always surfing the uh, level of uh, see that there's a space around. You know this, the field, the magnetic field. So I'm never right. very much inside the magnetic. I'm usually riding on the outside of this planet, outside this galaxy, outside the Andromeda galaxy. So I just tap in once in a while to do a radio show or to show up for my children. But I'm I'm not one of those people walking and talking around on the planet before even 2020. Now I've said enough, so we'll wait till Friday. So back to you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Getting too Okay, then. Jeez. Hello. <laughs> well, I think we all have at least some experience to that degree. I mean, I think we all have what you would call enlightened moments or – uh, an expansion of your awareness that is just not tend to the regular human mind. I'll put it that way. Um, exactly. It is like uh, you know a bliss, a bliss and a joy that you have that wells up within you that is actually more akin to your essence than it would be from any outside stimulation. So how often have you yeah, had also, these, Tom? So this is what happens to me. I will be in my quiet time in the morning with some coffee and an idea will come to my mind and I'm like, really? Okay. So for me, sometimes it's not, and I'm like, okay, that's very good. That is very good. So I know that it's not always me. And for me, those moments are like, wow, that was very, that was very cool. So it's not a, uh, uh, something that I'm necessarily even asking for sometimes. It's just that I'm enjoying that moment. Uh, I'm in a good space, and some really good stuff comes through, you know. And I think I that it's, it's, it's recognizing that it's coming from the I think what some people would call cosmic flow, or just being in tune with source. Uh, just in a good moment. In fact, that's how I had one of the glimpses I had was a remote viewing experience, as has been described to me as best. I could try to figure out the experience. And that was about a couple of years ago where I uh, kind of laid down on the couch for just a minute or two, just to kind of catch my breath. I was just, yeah, I decided to lay down for a little bit. And I hadn't really fallen asleep and kind of how your eyes are kind of like off in a little bit of a blur. And I found myself on a light shift was other light beings, that I was a light being. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And it was kind of like a very simple, plain interior that was more metal, uh, kind of like what you see with uh, something in Stargate, the Egyptian vessels where their control rooms are very austere and very simple and nothing really in them. Uh, and it was kind of like that. And these light beings were there. And I said, uh, hello. And they said, hello back. They were very friendly. And I said, uh, what are your names? And they gave me the name. And then I asked them, what is my name? 
And so I didn't think anything of it. I, I, it was just a few moments, but it was maybe a minute or so that I was in this, in this whole moment. And I remember looking out the window and seeing other light shifts, like what people see in the sky. I was in one of those. And I just really tried to, it took me a while to process it. It's like, okay, maybe you're just daydreaming. Maybe you just, uh, did you see something? Well, I said, you know what? Let me just check those names out. So I went online and started looking up the names that were given. And I had asked them what my name was and looked it up. It's fascinating what I was able to find. A lot of it wasn't even on the net. A lot of it was completely unknown. I'm like, wow, we're in just very like non-obvious places. And so I was rather impressed with that. And I really left that alone for a while. And actually what had happened is about three years ago, uh, a psychic had told me a little bit about some of my past lives, that I had been involved as ruler of several planets. And so I thought, okay, let's just see where this goes. So I was in meditation. I said, what are the names of the seven planets? And I got the names of the planets. And then I said, okay, give me a little bit more detail. It's almost like the more I ask, the more deluge I get about these planets. And I gave you guys the diagrams that uh, showed you what I had come up with. And so I can, I can, there's just more of that if I, if I want to. It's just fast. Wow. I mean, that certainly sounds a whole lot more like uh, interspatial travel rather than remote viewing because actually you were a, a participant and yet in a different form while you were relating to these other beings. And then you also recognized, I mean, there was an easement. In other words, it was like a, a recognition amongst all of those that you connected with. You know what I'm saying? It yeah, wasn't it like you were really a friend. foreigner. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's so the impression that I got, as far-fetched as this sounds, is the impression I got was that it was 10 million years in the future. That, wow. Like you, like you see through, okay, as we are evolving up, ascension and all this stuff, that we are evolving up. They were all heading towards the infinite intelligence. That as we get there, we become all these different levels on up into those levels that we become those light beings. And so when you go back to the other mind melders or mind melters, that all is happening at once. So that getting a glimpse of that future is no different than getting a glimpse of the past. This is all happening at once as you head back towards the intelligence. That's the mind, that's the mind bender. Exactly. That's, that would be very, very hard to kind of wrap your brain around to some degree. At exactly. least your human, your human consciousness, you know, you're saying, wait a minute, how could this be possible? How can you be seeing Okay, we, we said that it was possible. Yeah. Yes, we did say it was possible. Okay, yeah, you yes. did say it was possible to um, have everything happen at once, right? Okay, so what if I experienced a moment of that? What if I actually saw a glimpse, just a flash, just a split 30 seconds at most, just a flash? Sure. I think it's entirely possible. So, and who knows where it was exactly it was happening. So, it's entirely possible. It's entirely impossible. It depends on whether you're willing to believe it or not. I think it's entirely exactly. possible. Well, I agree. I mean, I don't think anything's impossible per se. I think we're we're now right? living in, in a, living in times that you know, uh, anything and everything quantum is principle. possible. Yeah, it's the quantum principle. It's your holodeck. That's how I see it. 
So whatever this is right now is what we something some people say we agree to, or maybe it's just random. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of both. True. I think so, the whole the, the, there's there's one thing I think that bugs me is that? if I have lived all those lives before, why couldn't I allow it to be remembering it now, so I could draw on that wisdom? It's very difficult to have to finally figure it out later in life when I wish I would have known or been in tune with it sooner. Well, that's true. But then again, you know, uh, the loss of memory, you know, is is kind of a human thing. Um, I came in and fortunately there was no loss of of memory for the most part. Um, And of course, as you, as like you said, as you experience life and you get older and older and older, uh, you come to realize that there's a lot more about yourself that now you're beginning to understand that you didn't have a comprehension of or that you didn't even question or look into when you were younger because you were too fascinated and too involved with, you know, sports or life itself, uh, connections, friends, right. uh, sure, relationships, all that kind of thing. So, you know... Uh, you pedal your way forward, as they say, in a manner of speaking, you know. And, and it's funny because we're actually backpedaling in regards to knowing more of ourselves than we knew before. And so, yeah, from a, from an aspect of the now moment, it's not just the past of the world. It's also our own past as well as the past of reality in, in its entirety. And that's incomprehensible but yet at the same time is it really because if you like you said all of this happened to you in a flash so if you really want to know something all you really have to do is ask it's it's a glimpse and the thing is that i guess maybe the scary part about it is that it is that available if we're willing to accept it exactly now do you really want to flip that switch (laughs) right well, that's true. And where do you go with it from there? You know what I'm saying? If if you fully accept it as the reality that it could possibly be or actually is, then in turn, how do you balance things in your everyday life? It could also just be a creative glimpse that maybe it's just our imagination. I'm willing to accept that too. Well, sure. I mean, you know, you're very creative. You're an artist. So, yeah. You know, your imagination runs wild, and so, and so does mine. Right. You know. So I'm willing to accept uh, that as well. So I kind of leave it in the hands of the viewer to say, okay, well, because someone's come to me and said, okay, dude, that was definitely a download. And I'm like, okay, if you're willing to accept it in that light and do something with it in that light, um, maybe it's just bad writing, Tom. Thanks anyway. Fine. For me, there's no loss. I'm not losing anything. I put it out the way it is, and if it is what it is, there's no, I don't have a, a, uh, I'm not not bonded in that way to success or failure other than maybe finding a way to do it visually. That's my only hope for it. Because I feel the message is, like I said earlier, towards if we could just change our thinking instead of a lot of the, the themes that we have going on right now, it's all based on the money. Every bit of it is all based on the money. And when we get disconnected from the tribalism and the thesis and the 
the embracing of old ideologies that are no longer serving this planet. If we can start to let go of the junk and say, okay, wait a minute, what if we could take care of every living person on this planet if we wanted to? What if we could give health care to every soul on this planet? What if we could house and clothe every human on this planet with good clothing and good shoes and good houses? What if we could? Well, we know we can. We have the technical capability. The big question is, who's going to get a piece of my pie? Who's going to get a piece of the action? And until that changes, we're still locked in this capital, capitalistic um, uh, predatory capitalism that we're living in right now. It's going to be that way can for a while we decide. Go ahead. Drew. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Uh, you're talking about tribalism. And, yes, on this planet, as in many around the universe, it's called survival. So what's happened is various species on this planet have various cultures based on their DNA and how they've uh, actually been in charge as stewards. But remember, we go back to the planet, and this we're all on the same planet, right, inside this magnetic field. And what we're doing now after 1221-12 and then this 1221-20 is the fact that people like us, the three that are talking today in the Ascension Age is the fact that, yes, we are setting up tribal, again, supportive, but we all don't speak the same language, and we all don't come from the same place and space. So we have to get over what our elders before us left us and at the same time seek those in the future and what they want for us. So that's why a lot of the people are working in the AI and all of that because some of the people that we're working with now come from the future as well as the past. And then you have those of us that have returned over and over and over again as reincarnates. So the universe is a very big place, but right now, Everybody after the 12-21-20, remember hindsight 2020, is the reset is about letting everybody get their tribes together and making sure they're taking care of their tribes. But because all of us don't speak the same language, all of us don't have the same rituals in space, it's just like on Star Trek or one of those things that they made in Hollywood is the fact that we allow them in whatever species or whatever planet or whatever universe they've come from, when they mix and match down here because we're just a way station on the outside of the Milky Way galaxy. So when they're here, the people don't know. They have to be, a lot of them are new to the place and they have to be, the veil comes down and they have to learn. And this is a dual society so they can evolve their soul or their spirit to work in other universes so they can choose, like you said, their reality. But right now the people need their meat suits while they're here so they can learn to evolve, and maybe they'll go to that place that they call heaven. Maybe they will be on a terraforming group. Maybe they'll be on a, no, we want to go research out there and find other planets. So we're just going to be more open. And I can't believe you can hear me because it shows that I'm not online. So this stuff is amazing. That's amazing. So just so you know, yes, we're working on tribes, and yes, some of them may appear to be – the tribes are supportive communities. So if we can get all the people controlling the uh, seven – we have uh, templates of uh, where we can uh, evolve on planet, those that breathe air, and then we have those that don't. 
and then we have those underwater. So we treat everything alive on the planet, and it's just the humans are the ones that have the consciousness to evolve. And the trees know how to do their thing, the grass, everything knows how to do their thing, and we're the ones that are supposed to assist everybody get back up in space, and, you know, we intermingle. And so we found out that there is unity and diversity. So this planet's theme is unity and diversity so we can all get along in space. So I can't believe you can hear me because I'm not on. Uh, if, you, if you look at the computer, what I'm looking at, it's I'm not on. Oh, well, I don't know how all this works. All right, back to you guys. But I just wanted you to know that tribes are not a bad thing. It's just that each tribe above the ocean, because Orca has nine-tenths, right, in the ocean, right? This is a water planet. They're much smarter than us. And uh, my husband always said our extraterrestrial forefathers left hieroglyphics inside the orcas. That's why Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry wrote that into Star Trek. Okay, enough science fiction. Back, I just hope you guys join our science fiction meetup group on meetup group because I paid for six months. Okay, back to you, uh, Richard. <laughs> I don't know how y'all steer me because I'm not on online. Okay, bye. Totally weird. Who knows? Maybe the ETs have a hand in things. They ain't no telling. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they say, uh, you know, again, if you talk about a subject matter, and you're open-minded enough to invite that possibility into your experience, then, of course, the possibilities become unlimited because you're not attached to anything. You're not expecting an outcome. You're not expecting any particular dialogue. You're not expecting anything. You're just wide open and saying, okay, well, I'm here, and I'm ready to receive. So, Well, I think some people want to frame it within their religious context. And I think there's been so much uh, toxicity from religions that came close but didn't really give people, uh, reveal to them their own inner divinity and their own power within themselves. It's been a spark of their own. Uh, the fact of this, that they are a spark of the infinite um, creator. So this was diminished by a lot of earth religions. And as people have said, you know what, I'm just not into that anymore. Thank you very much. None of it makes sense. It's a lot of illogic, and you just asked me to take it on faith, and I frankly don't have time for it, and I'm not giving you my money anymore. People have left those religions looking for what, what is true spirituality. People, I think, innately sense that there's something bigger than just the meat suit, that even if they don't subscribe to a religion, and I think that some of these concepts that were ingrained in us may inhibit us, inhibited me, uh, to getting through some of the spiritual concepts that are just basically, uh, they don't have any drama or guilt or sacrifices in blood associated with them. They're just things you need to do in order to tune in to that wavelength. And that's what it's really all about, not a lot of ceremonial mumbo-jumbo. Agreed. I mean, you know, if the truth is always very simple. So, you know, it's a matter of turning yeah. inward and listening to who you truly are and not being completely overwhelmed by what surrounds you and what's programmed you up till now. Right. So you're not denying the voices. You're saying, okay, are the voices valid? Do they have, is there information coming to me that I can use rather than just dismissing all of it? 
that maybe something is coming through. That's part of, I think, the journey of weeding out the noise. Well, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, you know, you have the mental critic and, and, and that voice of the mind that questions everything and, and criticizes what you may or may not do. So you've got to quiet that voice and listen intently, more or less, um, and expect conversation with all that you are. Because when you, when right. you, you know, join in concert with all that you are, you're actually joining in concert with the entirety of all that is. And, I mean, that's kind of a mind-bender, too, but it's very, very true. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all simplistic parts, though uniquely, creatively created by the creator of all that is, uh, to basically be enjoined as more or less a family and part of all that is created. So if you expand the horizons out that far, there you go. I think, and I, and I'll have to be honest, I don't know anybody else that has, but I believe that if we understood our true divinity, we would not need spacecraft because we could basically will ourselves to any point in the universe without moving. We could we could be the spacecraft if we understood the power that is in our supposed light body being that is not available to us in the human existence right now. That there's been a few that have, that have had, that have gone to rainbow body, that kind of thing. There's just been very few people. True. Another path, of course, is the Merkaba, which is the light body, like you said, and you can travel anywhere, anytime, any space, any dimension that you so choose because you have no limitations. You have become pure exactly. Energy. And pure energy with consciousness is unlimited. Separate how do you separate what? your inner? How do you separate your? Remember, Richard, today when I was telling you about the uh, tribes in one of my past lives, where I was a. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Sure. That is so strange to be looking at the lights that are off. All mine are off and muted, and my cell phone. So I guess the world doesn't care. Or either the world does care and is trying to keep me off. So that's very strange for my brain. It's a, a, What it is is, folks, when you think you're seeing your reality and it's not, okay, I'm in a 3D reality physically looking at buttons that are red if you're on, blue if you're off, and all mine are blue, meaning I'm off. That means the studio's off as the host. Now, uh, I don't understand it, so... I guess it doesn't matter, but what I was telling Richard earlier about one of my past lives as an Indian, I was like a shaman for uh, five groups of Indians, but it, uh, if they didn't contribute, this is before the piano, 1700s uh, is when the piano came out, so there was no, we didn't know, you know, all the notes and things like that, so on the piano from what I remember, but anyway, one of the past lives I had and I got stabbed in the back out of the lake, so I remember it very vividly, just like it was yesterday. But I see the – I wanted to tell Tecumseh because people say, yo, you just say that because of that name. But this is 30, 40 years ago. I hadn't told this story in years. Didn't want to, didn't need to, shy like Tom coming out. But the point is that at that time, because we had to survive, and we didn't have grocery stores, and the boys – 
would get lazy and they wouldn't go out and learn how to shoot buffalo, right? And we needed before we froze. So we have a cycle and a season for everything. And if the boys could not hit the buffaloes at 19, they had one more year, 20. And by 21, if they couldn't contribute to our survival on the planet, they were killed. So a lot of people don't know that. So unless you've lived through it to tell about it. So these are stories that people live to tell the tale. So that's another reason we do it verbally, because in the Invisible College, we have mystics, oracles, psychic sages, seers, and shaman. Remember, and I told you all the seven levels, uh, universe, multiverse, metaverse, universe, omniverse, alphaverse, omegaverse. And these are where some of the world religions came from, and all of them had the stories. But gradually, as Mother Earth folded over and we had you know, Atlantis and Mu and all these different places go under and new cultures in Egypt and all of that. And then the Indians here in North America and South America and when man walked the earth with dinosaurs, and yes, that is in Egypt. And you can listen to that from Billy Carson that's gone over and he'll he'll tell you that. But there's everybody coming together now, Richard. And Tom, I hope you want this okay strangeness on your show today because I can have you back, Tom Schaefer, when – Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. Well, would you like to come back or not? Do you like me, Richard? You're you're fine. You like us? You you folks, (laughs) this has been great. You guys are considered um, um, comrades in arms here. uh, For some reason, we feel compelled to share these truths. And that's what I want I to do. I should so, be sharing them, uh, but I feel like it's time now because these uh, extraterrestrials came to me, and they were young boys, and they were from one of my clans up in space. And this is going to sound totally crazy because that's why I never talked about reality. But for some reason, Tom, you have come along in my life and told me to come on your show. And for some reason, these two guys, when they came to me, they came off of a shuttle, like a 30 by 30, and I got to go on it again here right here in Gulf Breeze because usually the mothership would just come over, and I'd get taken up, you know, up, not they come down. So uh, fortunately, they came by, and one had uh, was Chinese-looking, mixed Chinese, and the other was Irish, mixed Scottish-Irish, white hair, I mean red hair. But he had a third eye, but he didn't when you first look at him, but one opened up. But when he got right in my face, Tom, he told me, you will remember this, and you will talk about it and start telling your story. And I was like, finally, somebody's giving me some intelligence on the planet. Because, see, Tom, before working as uh, a person that dies and comes back and dies and comes back, you pretty much are under orders to – you don't share. You just go through, and you don't have to worry because you don't change the world. It's, the world's not up to you. So finally, at right. least I get to be a storyteller, and so God's got me hooked up with Richard and you. So, Tom, what is it that you told the universe that you were going to do? Because I don't understand. It's something about you and Richard. Can you tell me what that is? And I'd love to have you back. But uh, anytime Richard has an opening on on the radio, he 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 manages the show now. But Tom, for me, for me, what is for it about me? It's you? all or it's all organic. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to be attached to the outcome because 
either way is supposed to happen the way it's going to happen. So do you That's how I live my life. That's exactly how how I live. You folks came into my sphere, and there's something for you to share to the folks that I've talked to. Um, And you needed me, you wanted me to share to your audience. And so that's all we're doing is trying to share some insights about where we've been along the way and 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 because right now the planet is in an incredible amount of turmoil and I think we have to rediscover what it means to take care of our own that it's okay right. to take care of our own that it's, We're the because there's been a lot of there are a lot of people saying you know that are trying to make people into quote the other rather than seeing that we're all part of the same thing that uh, it doesn't matter about race or color or any of this stuff or borders, that if, if humanity can begin to start taking care of each other, that's what we need to start doing. And that's where, my, where I'm at with everything that I'm doing is about, okay, I heard your politics, but are you helping the planet? I heard your politics, but is it helping people? I heard your politics, but are people being fed because of it? I heard your politics, and why is it so wrong that we're helping so-and-so? Why are your politics against helping so-and-so? Please help me understand why it's important to be negative. I don't want people to be negative. So that's where my politics lay. If it's helping humanity, and that's where we need to be. That's where all of this planet needs to go, is if it's helping humanity, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to go. If it's not, why are we doing it? And it's usually some sort of commercial interest that's going to slow things down. Well, Tom, yesterday, it's very odd that the universe booked you today, and I didn't have anything to do with it. I keep telling Richard, I don't do anything. I wait, if I wake up at my age, it's a good day. And so I look out, if it's sunny or if it's rainy, I may be a little more depressed, to be honest with you, in a meat suit when it's uh, rainy and yucky outside, and you know living in Florida what it's like. If it's sunny, I'm happier, but I don't plan anything. And I tell Richard, if he wants to do radio, fine, you go for it. I'll pay for the assets, but uh, I'm just here surfing. I'm I'm just surfing the waves, you know. And the reason is I'm sure. not trying to be lazy, but I've done all this so many times. And most yogis by this time that studied Kriya Yoga, that's one of my old schools, and uh, we do Baba G Cobra Breath. And now we've got to teach it because apparently there's not enough teachers on the planet. So I said, okay, I'll come back and I'll help the life coaches. So with your life that you were saying about your life earlier, I was telling Richard today. Again, Richard is a very big help because he's a good listener. He's my confidant because I don't have anybody else. I have nobody else that I can talk to on the planet. He's the only one. So what happens is he witnesses that I'm still here. Otherwise, how do you prove you're even here, right, other than looking out at the trees and all that? But, uh, you know, we have to take care of ourselves, and if we don't, they're going to throw you off the planet. So everybody has to get involved and take action and not just sit back and eat popcorn. And my mentor, my Magus, uh, which is Dr. Richard Allen Miller, which I did talk to today because I made the effort. Nobody calls me. I have to – well – They find me on LinkedIn thanks to Richard, but if you don't have somebody on the outside of your your human form, your meat suit, folks, to reflect your reality, 
then how do you even know you're here? It's like Janet says, how do I know anything? So the more you learn about the reality, the more you know you don't know anything. So that's where most of your bodhisattva and mad guys are here. And then we, we will answer you if you ask us a question. And, Tom, I think you're very close to being that. I hear you being a rebellious, we call them disgruntled monks, because they're they're here, but they may not yet have that peace to fully open their uh, awakened ascension age consciousness. So have you not done psychic readings or ESP or any of that? Is that school closed to you on your life coaching? There's 10 pieces of the pie, you know, family Absolutely. and... Oh, you have? Absolutely. I have. Wonderful. So Share that. Sorry. Share that. Well, I've only dabbled in it. Let's put it that way. So maybe I need to explore that more. I've actually been encouraged to do that more. I've just been uh, kind of waiting. No particular reason. I've just been waiting for kind of the timing for that. So, well, uh, I'll call you I know out. A couple of... I'm calling you out in the ascension <laughs> age. <laughs> maybe you need somebody to come along and give you permission. I'm finding a lot of people, they keep telling me they've been waiting. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Okay, I will give you permission. This is what I do. I train my coaches, and some of them are psychics, and some of them are mystics, and oracles, and sages, and seers, and you know, practitioners, and they live, live in the balance. Now I'm working with integrative medicine and cancer and people helping the world. So you are a wow. yeah, you're chosen, and that's what it, you know. I, I think it's awesome. I think Richard's chosen, but you know, some people need to be told, come, you know, do that part of you. But that's the fun part, folks. So if you've got a calling today, please uh, let Richard or uh, Tom know. Tom's here in Florida with me. So, Tom, tell people how to get in touch with you and Richard in Georgia, please. Okay, so um, I have the website freepeopleofthecosmos.org and you can go there there's a contact page and it's got links to all the videos and really for the past year I've been doing uh, live streams but there are a few videos there of interviews uh, you may want to check out but if you want to go to YouTube just type in free cosmos and you'll see the flower of life logo with the big F on it that's the channel and you'll see different interviews and shows and then there, we've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group, so you can look up Free Cosmos on uh, uh, Facebook. But, yeah, it's actually I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So if somebody wants to uh, share an experience, I'm more than happy to have them on the show and uh, give their testimony or whatever you want to call it, their recollection of what has happened to them. Uh, well, I've got you know, two people for fighting. you. There's me and Richard, and I want you to bring yep. that Ralph Kennedy Johnston, the astronaut, on. And he's got a little bit okay. of a ET story to tell. And then Dr. Richard Allen Miller with my authors. He and I are author, a publisher, nonprofits, and uh, we're working now with Richard to uh, do radio because I didn't really want to do it. I pay for it, but I didn't really want to do it. So Richard's getting me involved with uh, spiritual growth, which is the only thing Dr. Richard Allen Miller will do. So aren't you about spiritual growth, Tom? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, poor uh, is, he works with people all over the world. He's very famous. 
I think a lot of it is getting rid of a lot of the, like I said, the kind of the toxic junk that we've been taught about what a what deity is and and about personal divinity. So when we give that over to a divinity other than ourselves and make them the divinity, and we have and and tell ourselves that we have none, that through sin or uh, transgression that we've lost that divinity. But in fact, you and I both know that that spark of the creator is something that's not going to die. It's going to go on. So that's, I think, that's part of what we have work. to get rid of. It. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it's that's also... inner work. The, and then there's the outer work. And we're working with that, like you said, in the principles and the quantum theories and uh, science and spiritual science and spiritual growth. But he, he also uh, has... All, he's working with people in many, many countries at the fifth dimension. And I would like to invite you to help me and uh, Richard with 5dexperience.us and the World Science Webinars. And uh, we'll talk to you about that later when uh, you have time, Tom. Now, when, when uh, let's tell everybody in case they like me and Richard, but when are you having me and how do, you, how do you, they get to where I'm going to be Friday? Richard has it on the schedule, and where do we – can you put it on Facebook or give it to Richard to Absolutely. post on LinkedIn? Absolutely. You'll see I have created the live stream. You'll see it on uh, the Free Cosmos channel on YouTube. Because I didn't make you a I poster did. to come on the radio. It's okay. It's okay. We I have one right now about the law of one. We were going to talk about that, but we can change it between now and Friday, whatever you feel comfortable talking about. So I'll get you the uh, all the information on how to get there, but people will be able to find it on Free Cosmos on YouTube, but I'll have it on the Free People of the Cosmos page on Facebook, uh, and there's a group there too, Free People of the Cosmos group, so it'll be there. And I also post over on Minds from time to time, but generally on Facebook is where I make announcements. So if people want to follow me there in the Free Cosmos, um, or just go to the website, freepeopleofthecosmos.org, and uh, they'll see... Uh, just so you know, you can the see all the videos. by Tom Schaefer, and this is what the world <laughs> is asking us to do. Is it's like you said, we need your inside unit. So uh, because you're shy on the outside with other, you know, beings and units, or meat suits, or extraterrestrials, or aliens, or humanoids of any type, that. What we're learning is they want you to own your inner, which is your inner, whatever your inner sanctum is. So put it on Tom Schaefer, too, because now as of today, Richard said he couldn't find anything on you really in social media. And a lot of people think social media is all they look at. And Facebook's like the number one, right? So do you- yeah, and I've been leery about doing that on Facebook. I just have this aversion to being tracked by Facebook. It's, it's almost like uh, uh, just I try to maintain a low profile. Ah, so, but so people, you have reason. So, would you? No, I just, I, it's just, I just see this insidious nature of Facebook, and so I'd rather just be. I don't think of it as a problem with having a, a pseudonym. So I have a pseudonym on Facebook. But you can get a hold of me through uh, the Facebook page. What's that? Mm-hmm. Not sure. I may have lost it. So, 
Well, she does are pop we, in and out sometimes. Technical difficulties. I don't believe so. Okay. Although, although we could easily be because we are past the hour limit or whatever, or the two-hour limit. I was going to say, limit, I thought I maybe say. we were past it. Yeah. So maybe there yeah. is a uh, a limit on that. Well, I don't know. This is weird. Is that Teresa? I almost thought I heard her. I did too. CJ, you there? Yes. Oh, okay. There she is. We heard okay. this weird noise and then dead air, and it was kind of strange. So we thought we were off. I mean, we probably are off the air, I would guess. No, we're not dead, and we're not off the air, so we're recording. Okay. Uh, I just can't see anything. I think it, I'm doing it with my head, so it'll be interesting because okay. I that uh, everything is gone. So uh, I have a really strange lifetime. I'm sorry. I hate to even talk. That's why I'm not usually allowed. I'm, oh, let me tell you, Tom, did you ever see Minority Report? Yes, I did. You know those people at the end of the show where they're in the cabin? I actually had one of those. I've been put away. So I am one of those types that are put away and told not to talk. Just so you know, if I get to come out, you, we're, it's going to be a changed world for me. So I think that you have the ability, but I don't know how you're going to get me to talk. So I talk a lot. Oh, we will. I'm not supposed to talk. We will. I guarantee. <laughs> I guess Richard's going to get some some questions. I'd like you to bring that Laura girl because uh, she says she doesn't know who Melinda is. And I want her to know me and Richard because Richard and I work with extraterrestrials. She can listen. She can listen or she can watch. That's not a problem. Well, will you? Okay. Well, folks, I don't know how to end this because it's electric and I affect everything electrical. I can't wear watches and I'm not very good in cyberspace and uh, electric and everybody knows that. So I don't know how to end this because it was apparently – I don't understand. But anyway, Richard and Tom are going to learn how to connect to me and uh, make it real, and I will be able to come out. If you saw Minority Report, think of me as one of those women at the in the end, but I also know about another show where I've seen people stop, like on Men in Black, but you don't need that little thing, and I know the FBI knows all about it, and they've used it for – okay, I'll shut up now. See, I don't know what quit. I'm going to be allowed yeah, to say in this reality. So Tom and Richard, if I say something, that's just on me. But how you get the question, I don't know. But it's going to be a fifth dimension. It's going to be 5D experience. And it's Friday night with Tom Schaefer on Free Cosmos. So write that down, YouTubers. YouTubers, Free Cosmos with Tom Schaefer. And uh, my name is Teresa J. Thurman DeMorris. And he's going to put me up as TJ Morris ET, I think, contactee or something. But him and Richard will work that out. Thank you, folks. This is Richard and Tom. Uh, last words, guys. And I'm going to go look and see Thank how you, to Teresa. turn this off. I think you're it's been awesome. Great, I appreciate it. it it's I been think a you're great awesome. Time. Thank Tom. you so much. Will you really come back when Richard can book you? Absolutely, anytime. Okay. Well, we will because I want you to meet a lot of our people. I think you'll like working with us. That's okay, great. I'm bye-bye. more than happy to. Okay, Thank you. We'll see you next time.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.